everyone. Welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And I'm Bella's red shirt supposedly hanging on her chair. And I'm Bella's stinky socks supposedly behind her laundry basket. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Tell the people what's good. This is our last February episode. It's flying by. Can you believe they charge full price for rent in February? Honestly, it's the audacity for me. I I still can't even believe they charge rent. Yeah. I still can't even believe that I got a work phone call today while I was supposed to be working, but I was taking a nap instead. That's audacity. I say that all the time at Chipotle. Like, if someone orders at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm like, honestly, what gives with people ordering eight hours before we close? It's it's honestly really rude of them. (laughs) Um, How are you? What's good? Well, today was a really eventful day for me. Um, I don't want to say that I'm now a major in plumbing. Like, I I could have my licenship in plumb science. I don't know what it's called. Um, But I did fix my toilet today. I installed a new flapper, which, to those who don't know, it was really hard. But for those who do know, it was not hard at all. It was... It took about 20 seconds, but it made me feel really good about myself that I didn't need to call someone for help, that I did a house maintenance thing by myself. Yeah, honestly, good on you, because I would have called my landlord two seconds after I realized it was broken. The thing is, is that, and I'm trying not to be as disgusting as possible, it was nine o'clock in the morning, I had just gotten up, I, you know, do what every normal person does when they get up, you know, I had my morning poop, and found out the toilet didn't flush. So I was just really, like, the thought of having someone come to my house with that waiting for them was I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Yeah, the only thing I'm confused about is how you're perfectly comfortable with talking about the exact science of dicks and vaginas, but you're scared to say you took a poop on this podcast. I just don't, I just want to be cautious. I don't want the listeners to be disgusted. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Tina's making biscuits on the Squishmallow. Paige is obsessed with Squishmallows. She just gave me a a whole long story about them. They sound very cool. I, um, I had to go to, I, I don't, I don't even want to, I don't want to give them any, any advertisement. I went to a home improvement store today. And to get the the part for my um toilet, and there's a toy store right very close by, uh, in the same shopping plaza that sells so many squishmallows all the time. So I was like, this was harrowing. I went through it today. I need a reward for myself. So I got myself a squishmallow. It's number five of my squishmallow collection. Her name is Misty. She's a mouse. And if the listeners have any Squishmallows, send us pics, send us information. I'm trying to get Emily on board on the Squishmallow game. They are incredible. Yeah, I'm definitely down to see those pics. We as a society do not say the word harrowing enough. I'll I'll be the change. <laughs> be the change you wish to see in the world. Malcolm is literally falling asleep sitting up right next to me. If you want to lay down, go lay down. Um, we read two chapters this week. They were honestly kind of uneventful, but I don't know why I'm editorializing. Um, we read chapters nine and ten, Target and Scent. What did you think of them, Paige? 
both of them ended super awkward, I felt like. Like, what is up with those endings? I It's like Stephanie forgot how to end a chapter. I don't know. It That was super weird to me. Um, but mostly what I got, and I know this is not it, but all my brain could think of was like, ooh, we got a pervert doing a panty raid at Bella's house. Someone wants her stinky socks. Someone wants her dirty underwear for nefarious reasons. Who knows? I know it's pretty obvious. It was pretty obvious to me immediately why, but I like to think that it was some silly, goofy thing. Um, But it's kind of exciting to see Edward and Jacob actually kind of getting along. At least Edward giving Jacob, like at least at least Edward being a little more comfortable with allowing allowing Bella to go see Jacob and kind of trusting in him and the Quillites to at least keep her safe in the scenario. So it was kind of refreshing to see that after, what what page are we on? Like 100 and something at this point? Basically 200. 200 pages of a pissing contest. Truly. I totally agree with you about the chapters. It's like the essay equivalent of, anyways, dot, 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 that's it. <laughs> it's just like, so anyways, bye. Like, what, are you, why, what happened? Where did we go? I, well, after I finished the first one, because I remember last week you were thinking about only doing one, or we only did one chapter last week, right? Mm-hmm. You had thought about doing the last chapter and the first one from this week. And I was like, I would have been so dissatisfied if it ended with that one. So I'm glad that you didn't. Yeah, even these two together weren't really that satisfying, but I did what I could. You got to do what you got to do. All right, let's jump in. So the last chapter ended off with Bella and Edward in their sexy slumber party. So this chapter begins with Alice dropping Bella off. And when she gets to her house, she finds out that Jacob called and Charlie's bugging her to call him back because Charlie's always on Jacob's side. And Bella's still mad at him for saying that he wishes or he would rather she be dead than turned into a vampire. So then Bella goes upstairs to start the laundry. And you have to know something's up when she's being this descriptive about laundry. Because it's like, who fucking cares? Um, So before Edward shows up and has this insane look on his face, were you like, something's going on here? Is that when you were thinking it was the panty raid or what? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my my brain may have been a little biased because I knew the following chapter was called Scent. But even still... To me, it seemed pretty obvious that someone had stolen the clothes. I like it seemed far fetched to me that it would be included as a detail if there were not nefarious reasons for it. Like, like imagine Stephanie included this and it was Alice just doing laundry. Like, there would be no, that would be so such a stupid thing to include in the book. So, I, to me, it seemed obvious that it, it there was some bad reason for it. And Bella made a point to call the laundry like stinky or smelly, dirty. Like, it conjured when she brought up the socks, that was it. Was that like my, my gross socks or something or other? And I was like, yeah, they probably fucking smell like you, bitch. Like, that it, it, I knew pretty much immediately it was for 
at least someone to get this the scent I kind of thought that it was Victoria at first because we don't know it's not her until Edward shows up and mentions like it was an unfamiliar scent to him so I thought it was her at first but um obviously that's not the case right right this is not really on topic but to paraphrase the great Katy Perry do you ever feel like a stinky sock (laughs) instead of a plastic bag that's how I feel today Do you ever feel like a stinky sock sitting in a dirty laundry box? That was good. Thank you. You should expand on that. Write a whole song. Maybe I will. (laughs) This is actually not important at all. But one of my dreams that... I don't know if I would call it a dream. I think it's just because I was obsessed with Weird Al for a really long time. But I always really wanted to make like a YouTube channel that did song parodies, but from more recent songs. Um, And I thought I'd be really good at it. I wrote a whole parody for um, Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. And I called it It's Not a Baby. And it was all about like not being pregnant and being excited about it. Do you have that on video somewhere? I didn't sing it, but I have, I believe, the written uh, version of it. I'm going to need you to record it and post it on our social medias. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So as we were just saying, Edward shows up and he looks insane and he disappears for a second and then comes back. And then he says that someone's been in the house and so they're like muttering or like whispering to each other in the kitchen because they don't want Charlie to overhear and he's kind of being an asshole a little bit he's like if you're fighting don't let me interrupt I'm like if my dad said that to me and my boyfriend I'd be so fucking pissed it where do men get the audacity that's what I want to (laughs) know truly have you seen that TikTok that's like two girls flying in a plane and it's like on the noble quest to find out where men get the audacity. I haven't, but men um, having the trademark audacity is such a big thing on TikTok. I saw one time it was a med student and she was doing some kind of anatomy homework. She was like, you know, I found this homework to be really insightful about just like our gut anatomy when it comes to the difference between men and women. So if you look at the woman here, like, and she does a whole thing, like this is where the uterus is and, you know, the small intestine. And then she goes to the man and she's like, so right here, actually, it's completely empty to make room for the audacity. So if they really had me going in the beginning, but then they came around with that audacity thing, it really made me laugh. That is funny. (laughs) Okay, so Edward and Bella are kind of going back and forth of being like, who was it? So Bella had the same thought as Paige. She thought it was Victoria, but then Edward says he didn't recognize the scent. So she says one of the Volturi, and he says probably, but they left Charlie alive. So it wasn't like, it was clearly like in some way calculated because like they didn't have him for breakfast or whatever. Not to be gross, but... So that part I found really interesting because once I found out it wasn't Victoria, I was like, well, we do know that there's these 
this new vampire or something in Seattle. So I was like, oh, well, maybe maybe someone like was attracted to Bella's delicious scent. And like, that's why they went into her room. I don't know. But then I was like, if it was a new vampire, I highly doubt they would leave Charlie untouched at all. Like, it seems too tempting and shows too much restraint. So it made me think more that it's it's an experienced vampire. It's someone who's been a vampire for a while. Okay. All right. So they go to the Cullen house and... Uh, first of all, Edward's being so rude to Alice. He's, like, basically yelling at her for not seeing this happen. And I like that she stands up to him and she says, you know... You've already got me watching the Volturi's decisions, watching for Victoria's return, watching Bella's every step. You want to add another? Do I have to, do I just have to watch Charlie or Bella's room or the house or the whole street too? Edward, if I try to do too much, things are going to start slipping through the cracks. And then he eventually, Bella actually kind of gets him to apologize. You know, she tells him to stop and then he does and apologize to Alice, but still I'm like, apology not accepted, be better. Mm-hmm. She's your sister. Be nice to her. Also, she's done literally so much for you besides this. Stop being a dick. Stop having the audacity. Yeah, so true. So along with Carlisle and Esme, they kind of go back and forth debating who it could be. Emma and Jasper are out like searching for the scent. They come back and they both don't recognize it. And they give something to, they give like a tree branch or something to Carlisle. He doesn't recognize it. So the two working theories are, well, I guess there's three. Someone from the Volturi. Well, no, there's two. Someone from the Volturi or like just a curious stranger who like is wondering why this human scent has vampire scents attached to it. What do you think is going on? Who do you think was in her room? I don't think it was either. I think if it was the Volturi, Carlisle would know. Or uh, Edward would know. I think that a Volturi scent would ring some bells in someone's mind. Um, It does make more sense than just a stranger. Because even still, you know, a stranger might not know that you know, this is like the Cullen's territory or something like that and still might not hurt Charlie. That It seemed very calculated to me. So I think it's someone, I think it's neither of those things. I think one of my early predictions or like wants was that Victoria sort of teamed up with someone. Like there's like a new vampire in Victoria's little gang So someone knew that they wouldn't recognize, you know, and if they're following her orders, I feel like she would rather keep Charlie untouched because she's playing the long game. You know, if they were to just kill Charlie, I feel like that would just kind of destroy Bella immediately and she would kind of just break down after that. So for her to get what she wants, she needs to, like, be very calculated about what she's doing. So I think this was a new party in association with Victoria. Why they're necessarily getting the scent, I don't really know. Because if Victoria and this vampire know where Bella lives, then what's the point? Yeah. So I don't really know. But my theory is that it's none of the above. Okay. 
I like that you're going out, you're going rogue, you're going out on a limb. I like that for you. So yeah, there's really no like resolution to the situation. They're all just like, it's going to be fine. And we'll keep an eye on you. And Edward very comfortingly says, you won't be alone for a second. That right there would drive me into pure insanity. Leave me alone. I have to be alone. Like I need alone time. Bella does not strike me. Like she does strike me as the kind of person who does appreciate alone time unless it's vampire related because if there's a vampire in her midst she's like yes give it to me I want no alone time my alone time is alone time when I'm with you Edward (laughs) yeah because like being with him is being alone that was mean I'm sorry (laughs) anyways (laughs) um okay so they're back at Bella's house at this point and Charlie is like hey, Jacob called again. You should really call him. And Bella's like feeling guilty because she's like, well, what if I get murdered tonight? Then I'll feel bad that that was the last conversation that I had with Jacob. But then she's like, all right, I'll call him in the morning, which I I appreciate that. She's like, she could, he could feel bad for tonight. (laughs) I I did like that for her, you know, get get as much as he can. Yeah, definitely. I've done that. It's petty, but I've done that. Let them stew. Yep. You know. <laughs> um, so it is the morning and she calls Jacob and she tells him that he's forgiven. And he's like, oh, you should come hang out. And she's like, well, there's this whole other thing happening now. And then Edward and Jacob talk on the phone, which is like the most awkward scenario I can think of. <laughs> um, so basically, we only obviously get Edward's half of the conversation, but Edward's asking, you know, like, have you encountered this scent? And like, there's this need to protect Bella. And then they're talking about negotiating something. And then they hang up. Or no. Edward gives the phone back to Bella. So Jacob says that he is coming to her house to come get the scent of the intruder, visitor, whatever you want to call them. And also explains that like they might just renegotiate some of the treaty boundary lines so that they can kind of like make sure that Bella's watched at all times. That's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, it, it was like so uneventful, but simultaneously like clearly something eventful happened. We just don't know what it is. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Stephanie's playing the long game with my emotions. Yeah, and my attention span. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I should have stated this at the top, but I feel like the listeners would like this story since this is kind of boring two chapters. Um, A couple weeks ago, Boyfriend on the Pod, Jacob, and I were driving near my apartment, and we saw that there was a restaurant called Bella Italia, So we went there last night for Valentine's Day. We literally made reservations and we thought it was going to be like a casual place. And it really wasn't. It only had like seven tables and it seemed casual. Like there's like a, like a counter, like where you could order to go or you could pay. So in that sense, it was like casual, but we like tried to sit down right when we got there and the hostess, I don't even know if you could call her that, but she was like, do you have reservations? 
And we were like, uh, yeah, actually. And so then we got sat, but then like other people were coming in and were getting turned away because they didn't have reservations, which I was like, interesting. Anyways, long story short, I got pasta. I did not get mushroom ravioli. They didn't have, I think they had ravioli of some kind, but it was good as fuck. Jacob got a calzone, also good as fuck. I, that is one thing I really miss being gluten-free is there's just not a good gluten-free substitute for calzones. Pasta is a different story. Gluten-free pasta is pretty much exactly the same as regular pasta, but calzones, calzones are their own breed of monster. Damn. Yeah. Is there like a DP dough up there? They don't have gluten-free? There is a DP dough. It's actually right across the street from the Chipotle I work at, but I highly doubt anything there is gluten-free and even if they did I wouldn't trust it yeah because it's around so much bread the I feel like the air contains flour in that restaurant that's fair yeah that's fair um also Jacob literally thought that Bella Italia was a chain and I was like no (laughs) no (laughs) my Valentine's Day since we're on the topic um I worked Well, Valentine's Day is my half birthday, not to reveal my birthday to everyone, but you can do the math on that. So six months from now, I'm going to be off my parents' insurance, and that's really sad. But um, on on a better note, um, Danny doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can say whatever I want. But many years ago when we first met, um, Valentine's Day rolled around, and me trying to be the, like, I'm casual, I'm not... I'm not like crazy or anything. Don't worry. I'm not going to freak out. I was like, yeah, no, I don't really care about Valentine's Day that much. And Danny was like, oh, yeah, no, I don't really either. Like that. I'm that's good to hear. And at the time we were like very like freshly newly talking to each other. So it, it made sense for me to not be like, I expect this, this and this, you know. But that was like three years ago. And like last year nothing he didn't say anything to me and I was kind of sad about it so this year I kind of like gently was like so are you gonna get me flowers this year (laughs) and he was like oh yeah no definitely like I'll, I'll definitely get you flowers so I was expecting that But then he came out of left field and showed up at my house with a huge bag of Sour Patch Kids, which, hell yeah. Um, Some Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, hell yeah. A blue Gatorade, which is my favorite, hell yeah. Flowers, hell yeah. And then he got me Pokemon Legends of Arceus. What? It was amazing. I was so surprised. I was not expecting it at all. And it really made my day. So I had a good Valentine's Day, too. That makes me very happy that he came through. It, because even if it doesn't matter to him, if you have stated or hinted that it matters to you, that's so sweet that he came through. I, um, you know, I wasn't going to hold it against him because I did I did say I didn't care even when I kind of did. That That's on me. That's on me for not speaking my truth. But he's come to find out that my gift or my, um, my love language is gift giving. So... Like, even if even if he didn't get me Legends of Ar- Arceus, if he showed up with the Sour Patch Kids and the Blue Gatorade, I would have been like, hell yeah, I love that. That's so funny. Jacob got me, among other things, you know those Krabby Patty gummies? Yeah. <laughs> he got me those. 
<laughs> and then he ate one and he was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> the best part about those are the buns. Like the buns are just so soft and delicious. I love them. And the burger also. Mm. Yeah. Everything's heart shaped. I'm excited. Hell yeah. Um, Going back to the thing you said earlier, I have posted about your birthday literally on our Instagram. So I think they already knew, but. Oh, okay. Well, that's good then. Okay, so on to chapter 10, Scent. There's literally no time pass. It's just a continuation of the last chapter. Um, so Edward, like, breathes all over Bella and then laughs and leaves. And we find out later that it's just because he wanted to piss Jacob off because Jacob can, like, smell Edward and it smells bad to him. But... Bella, I thought his breath was perfume. What do you mean it's stinky? (laughs) What is the truth? It's almost as if you've been exaggerating about the quality, the air quality coming out of Edward's mouth. I was really scared you were going to say Edward's orifices, and I was like, please do not. I, this is neither the time nor the place for the word orifice. Is there a time and a place for that word? Maybe like a doctor's office. Even then. Maybe when I'm trying to gross you out. Yeah, that's about it, I would say. (laughs) Okay, so Bella starts doing the dishes, and Jacob comes in and scares her because he doesn't make any sound. And she tries to, like, shame him for not wearing clothes, and then he kind of makes her feel really bad because... um, He's like, it's really inconvenient to have to carry my clothes around in my mouth when I turn from a human to a wolf. And she's like, ooh, my bad. Also, this is completely superfluous and unnecessary, but on page 215, um, in the last paragraph, I turned to look at him, eyeing him critically. Is it really so impossible to wear clothes, Jacob? I asked. Once again, Jacob was bare-chested, wearing nothing but a pair of old cut-off jeans. Secretly, I wondered if he was just so proud of his new muscles that he couldn't stand to cover them up. I read that and I was like, that's literally me since I've been like doing this new workout regimen I started. I'm like, I cannot cover my midriff to save my life. That's how I feel about my ass. If anything to anything to show it off. I love the I love the shorts that you can see the quaking of it. I love the bicycle shorts, which show the girth. You know, I feel the same way. Oh, I hate the word girth, too, I just realized. (laughs) I did actually appreciate this little bit because in my mind, I was like, why is when when Bella said, would it kill you to put some clothes on at any point? I kind of thought the same thing, because like in the movies, he's always shirtless, which to me, I was like, this just seems like a cash grab for sexualizing what is literally a child in the in the book um but then Jacob is like I'm literally so hot all fit like temperature wise all the time and my clothes explode I like it doesn't make sense for me to like wear clothes because of that I was like oh yeah I guess that is valid you know I didn't think of it that way I thought it was just like a hyper sexualization thing honestly I think both are true Because it's not like they talk, it's not like, I mean, this is not a spoiler. It's not like the scene is in the Eclipse movie. It's not like they ever take the time to be like, my clothes rip apart. Like, so to the average viewer, they did not need to have Taylor Lautner as Jacob be shirtless all the time or any of the other actors who played the Quileutes. Like, 
it, in my opinion, was still over sexualization. This this is actually um, to the viewers. I'm drinking an Arnold Palmer, which is half tea. So imagine I'm Kermit the Frog. <laughs> we just do ASMR of us sipping drinks. Oh, that'd be so disgusting. Asthma. Asthma. Yeah, I should have said it right. My bad. Okay, so Jacob goes up and gets the scent from Bella's room and then is ragging on her about how much the vampires smell. And then out of nowhere, he's like, what's it like having a vampire for a boyfriend? <laughs> and then he's like, he asks if they kiss. And I'm like, this whole time he really was wondering that. Like, they've been dating for, they're not even that long, but they're so intense. And he knows that, that it's like, obviously they kiss. What the fuck? This little section, I thought was just such poor writing. It not to not to drag Stephanie, but the vibe that it gave me was fanfic. Like it did not scream, I am a best-selling author. I know how to spin a yarn. Like this was just it was so such poor writing in my opinion. I I don't I don't know how to describe it. Like it didn't really seem like a normal conversation. Like I it seemed forced to me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm on the floor. That is so accurate because, yeah, she really just wanted Jacob to say those two lines and didn't, like, have any idea of, like, how to make a plot go around it. So she just did, I'll have him washing the dishes. That'll do it. And then it's followed by, so what's it like having a best friend who's a werewolf? Like, it doesn't, no one's, no one talks like that. Yeah. Also, I feel like Jacob wouldn't ask that whole vampire for a boyfriend question because he truly doesn't want to know mm -mm. and I think him acknowledging that they're dating he doesn't like that true it's out of character yeah out of line <laughs> he does ask Bella when she's planning on becoming a vampire and she tells him graduation and of course of course he happens to be holding a knife and he happens the blade the blade of a knife no less why was he holding it in the first place but he cuts open his hand and Bella freaks out, but he heals really fast because he's a werewolf. I d Why was he holding the blade in the first place? Because he's a teenager and he's a werewolf, so he's invincible. Like, he has no fears at this point. It's so stupid. Have you ever done anything dumb like this, though? Um, I feel... Um, Nothing is really coming to mind, but I feel like I do things where it ends up going well. And then I think like, oh, I'm really glad that, that this was the outcome, because if it went another way, that would have been horrible. Yeah. The one thing I can think of, I'm sorry if I've already told a story in the pod. If I have, I forgot. But the one thing I can think of that's somewhat similar to this is on the morning of my college graduation, I was curling my hair and my hair does not want to be curled ever. So I was like kind of rushing and I had like, a t I lived in a closet <laughs> my senior year, which is what I wanted. That's really what I wanted by myself. And so I had this like tiny sink with a little tiny counter. And so my curler was sitting on that and I like stopped curling for a second to like go grab something. I don't know, some coffee maybe. And while I wasn't looking, cause it was like unbalanced, the curler like basically spun on the counter. Cause it was like, uneven and so when I went back to start curling again I grabbed the the what's it called I don't know the a wand 
the wand part instead of as if it was the handle because I thought it was. It was horrible. <laughs> Your poor fingies. I know. I literally called my mom and I was like, I burned my hand. Can you bring me some ice? And she's like, aren't you supposed to be graduating college? <laughs> I think my sister would hate this if I told this story on the podcast, but it is actually a family like, everyone in our family knows this story, so it's really not a secret or anything. Um, but when she was in, I think, middle school, she was old enough to know this is the thing. Um, she had asked for my dad to get brownie mix from the grocery store because she just wanted to make brownies. It was the summer, and why not? And I was not home. I was in college at this point, so I, I'm telling this from the perspective of my mom, she, my mom comes home from work and like at seven o'clock at night, my sister casually comes into her room and is like, yeah, so um, by any chance, do we have any like burn medicine? And my mom is like, why? Why are you asking that? She was like, oh, I just like to know like if we have any or not. And my mom is like, what did you do? Because no, you don't just ask that, you know? And my sister holds up her hand and it's like completely like, like horribly burned. And she was like, oh my God, what did you do? And so my sister made the brownies, right? My mom had put everything on the counter in the morning that she was going to need. Like the oil, the, like obviously not the refrigerated things, but like the things that she would need. And she only put one oven mitt on the counter because... She just, you know, like, just grabbed an oven mitt, you know? And my sister, you know, has seen my mom, my dad, myself take things out of the oven with one hand before. So she just assumed that that was the way that you were supposed to do it. And then took the brownies out of the oven with one hand, but it was way too heavy for her. So she grabbed the side with her other hand and burned it very badly. And so we just make fun of her. And she's like, I just thought that I was only supposed to use one oven mitt. Mom only left one out. And my mom was like, you cannot blame this on me. This is not my fault. You could have grabbed another oven mitt. There was, this was a you, a you problem that you caused. Catherine, oh my God. That's so bad. Uh, It's like, we always joke because... My sister is the youngest one, and we've always cooked for her. Like, I had to start learning how to cook for myself when I was about, like, 10, because my sister was is six years younger than me. So I started taking care of her, like, on our breaks and stuff. And so I learned how to be in the kitchen very early on, whereas my sister never had to do that for herself. She just always had someone cooking for her. So, like... She has no idea how to do anything. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have a little bit of that as the youngest child, too. Like, over the holidays, I remember telling, I don't remember who, but I remember telling someone that I was very grateful for my youngest child privilege because, like, my sister and my mom were like, that Nicki Minaj song in the kitchen, like, trying to cook. And I was like, I will never have to do this because they don't want my food. Well, you know, I've seen I've seen what you cook now as an adult, and it's impressive. So I think that you do have some some kitchen knowledge. No, I'm a good cook. That's the thing is I'm a good cook, but I will never like host. 
because I don't see myself ever being in a drastically different financial situation than I'm at right now. And at the moment, I have two, count them, two dining chairs, and that's it. I guess we should go back to the book. <laughs> okay, so Bella cleans up all that blood. She ends up forgetting the knife. Fucking clown behavior. <laughs> how, how does she do that? Like, if her nose is so sensitive that she smells blood and is disgusted by it, and, like, I, don't, I just, I don't know how she forgot it doesn't check out at all. Um, okay. So then Jacob can hear Edward outside. So he's like, I better go. But will you come hang out with us tonight? Because they're having a bonfire party. And Bella's like, I don't know if Edward will let me. And Jacob makes fun of her for that thing. Um, but at the bottom of page 223, there's just, just this little part. Um Bella says, yeah, Jake, I don't know about that. See, it's a little tense right now. And Jacob says, come on, you think somebody's going to get past all, all six of us? There was a strange pause as he started over the end of his question. I wondered if he had trouble saying the word werewolf out loud, the way I often had difficulty with vampire. I find this hard to believe because he just said werewolf on the previous page. What do you think's going on here? Any predictions? I also found it weird. I, I, Jacob doesn't really strike me as the kind of person who is ashamed to talk about this part of his life with Bella. Um, I'm not quite sure why it was included. My first, like, what my, my head told me at first was, like, maybe, maybe there's someone like missing. I don't know, like why he would pause would be like someone is out, but then he says all six. So I guess that is all of them. Um, I mean, maybe something is going on with some of them. Like not all of them are like, maybe some of them are getting stronger, like some kind of alpha werewolf or something. And like Jacob doesn't know how to categorize them. I don't know. It seems like there's something differentiating some from the others because why wouldn't he say werewolves like they're all werewolves so why wouldn't he so including all of them but not using the word werewolf to me seems like maybe something is going on with some of them where like maybe werewolf isn't like the appropriate word interesting they're mermaids now <laughs> merman i guess hmm, i'd be interested <laughs> okay So Jacob leaves, Edward comes back, he notices the knife, Bella's like, oh darn it. Um, Edward informs Bella by handing her her mail that she got into Dartmouth. Um, I, yeah, I have this long pause because I'm like, I don't know what to say. Do you think that she got into it really herself or do you think that Edward paid them off or something because the wording of it made it seem like she did get into Dartmouth like that like sh she did you know it's an acceptance letter but to me the vibe was like she got herself into it I didn't think that she did I don't want to be a dick but I'm just like she's not in any extracurriculars at all and she has told us herself that she's like an average student She's good at, like, English and stuff, but, like, she's complained about math before, I feel like. 
That's a really good point. I was good at English too, and I didn't get into Colorado College, so. Yeah, and isn't Dartmouth, is Dartmouth Ivy League? I think it is. Yeah, it just, maybe, maybe. I don't want to be like totally counted out, but I just feel like she didn't. Edward would be like, no, you totally got in, just you. Like, that's totally it. And then she shows up on the Dartmouth campus, and it's like, welcome to Cullen Hall. (laughs) (laughs) Your dorm is Cullen, I don't know what it's called. Cullen, help me out here. (laughs) Cullen Corner. Ew, I hate it. I feel like that's a podcast that Emmett started, like, in his free time and, like, has, like, two listeners. Hey, bros, welcome to Cullen Corner, where we talk about dude stuff. He talks about, like, protein powders if he's not supernatural. (laughs) Bag of eggs. (laughs) Bag of eggs, truly. Um, Okay. So, yeah, they kind of have this same conversation that they have about, you know, college again, because Bella thinks about it for a second, but then she's like, no... Okay, so then Bella has a realization that the visitor or intruder took items of her clothing. And, like, her pillow, I think, too. Yeah. Um, So, Edward's theory is that he was gathering traces or evidence to prove that he'd found you. He says masculine, but I don't think we know if there's a gender to this person. My only thought for this was that he did know that it was a he because maybe the vampires can smell gender. I don't know if that makes sense, but like maybe there's something in the sense that alludes to it being more masculine versus feminine. Yeah, that's definitely possible. I don't know. That may be a thing. I just don't know. Like they can smell testosterone versus estrogen or something. Yeah. Okay. So then they start to talking about the Seattle thing again. And Edward says that, okay, I'm on page 229. Bella says, it's getting worse. And Edward says, altogether out of control. This can't be the work of just one newborn vampire. What's going on? It's as if they've never heard of Volturi, which is possible, I guess. No one has explained the rules to them. So who is creating them then? Um, And he says, like, he's basically surprised that the Volturi haven't come and stepped in yet because they've done this kind of thing in the United States in the past. He mentions Atlanta, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's hoping maybe the Cullens can talk to whoever this is up in Seattle and settle the situation down so that the Volturi don't come knocking because they'll definitely come see Bella and see if she's still human. And then he says, it's good we have Jasper. If we are dealing with newborns, he'll be helpful. And Bella says why. And Edward says, Jasper is sort of an expert on young vampires. What do you mean an expert? You'll have to ask him. The story is involved. So that's a thing floating in the air. I'm excited to hear more of Jasper's backstory because it's been alluded to so much in, not so much, but it's alluded, it's been alluded to at least in this book and in Midnight Sun. So, so... Then Edward tells Bella she doesn't need his permission to go to La Push. And Bella says, wow, as if this is not like the bare minimum of a healthy relationship. And he does, Edward does ask Bella to 
allow him to drive her to where the boundary line is for the treaty and then also bring a cell phone so that she can call him to get a ride home. So that way she's not just driving herself, which makes sense. Yeah, that was that was a level of I don't want to call that controlling. I was actually like, okay, that's those that's a valid request on Edward's part given what has just occurred. You know, it's not yeah. like he's like I have to be by your side the whole time, you know. It makes sense. Yeah, at least yeah, that or he's like watching from the bushes while he hangs up. She hangs out with Jacob. <laughs> yeah. So Bella decides that she's going to take her motorcycle back when she goes for this party because she believes it belongs in Jacob's garage. And so you'll remember it's at the Collins because she drove it home to the Collins house after her and Jacob got into that fight. So when she gets there, Edward has bought a vampire, a vampire, what the fuck? Edward has bought a motorcycle for himself. And it's just so cringe. Like, I actually am so embarrassed for him because on page 234, he says, um, this is something you do with Jacob. I see that now. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing for him. It's so embarrassing, but also this part actually made me a little mad at Bella. Um, so on page 233, when she sees this motorcycle, I'm going to read the little section. Next to my little antique motorcycle, overshadowing it, was another vehicle. To call this other vehicle a motorcycle hardly seemed fair, since it didn't seem to belong to the same family as my suddenly shabby-looking bike. It was big and sleek and silver and, even totally motionless, it looked fast. What is that? Nothing, Edward murmured. It doesn't look like nothing. Edward's expression was casual. He seemed determined to blow it off. Well, I didn't know if you were going to forgive your friend or he you, and I wondered if you would still want to ride your bike anyway. It sounded like it was something that you enjoyed. I thought I could go with you if you wished. He shrugged. I stared at the beautiful machine. Beside it, my bike looked like a broken tricycle. I felt a sudden wave of sadness when I realized that this was not a bad analogy for the way I probably looked next to Edward. First of all, my first issue, you built that with Jacob. Jacob put so much time into that machine and basically you've been kind of calling it like Jacob's baby. You're in Jacob's baby. You know, the amount of skill and time and in some cases money that went into this machine and for you to then turn around and call it shabby call it a tricycle to basically negate everything that you once said about it and kind of just shit talk on Jacobs because Edward has done something that in your eyes He's Edward has thrown money at this situation and has gotten something better out of it. And you're impressed by that. It was just very shallow to me and to kind of disregard everything that you and Jacob did with this machine made me really sad for Jacob and really mad at Bella for kind of just forgetting all of that and to just be kind of swept off her feet by Edward's thing just because it's Edward's, you know. That pissed me off. But then she goes and says this thing at the very end, comparing herself and Edward to the two motorcycles. I'm like, girl, I thought we were past this. I thought we I thought we had overcome this. I thought you knew that Edward is obsessed with you and is like thinks that you're the most beautiful girl. Like there is no need for you to be comparing yourself to this. 
it's just it it really bum this whole thing just really bummed me out. Yeah. How do you feel about what Edward did and like his side of things? I see I think that he was coming from a place of good intention because like he said, you know, I didn't know if you guys were going to be friends again and it really seemed like something that you like to do, so I didn't want that to be forgotten. But I think hypothetically if nothing ever was resolved with Jacob and they just weren't friends after that I don't know if Bella would want to do that on the motorcycle that her and Jacob built together it might be too reminiscent of their friendship and it might be really hard for her so I think that it was nice a nice thought of Edward would I do I think that it would have panned out the way that he wanted it to I don't think so yeah, I don't think so either, but I'm going to do something rare and, like, really praise Edward here because I just feel like and part of this is his, like, inability to see himself as a good person, but it's, like, he doesn't have any hobbies with Bella, really, like, especially no human ones, and he is trying to, like, have one and that makes me really sad I think that's the like big takeaway for me is like I'm sad that they don't do anything normal together that's a really good point and I hadn't thought of that and it is really sad now that I'm thinking about it Not to bring down the mood even more but yeah I agreed with all your points too like it was shitty of her to say that about Jacob's bike that he built it was projecting of her to like compare herself to it I just then she turns around and Edward had bought her a leather jacket and a red helmet and he has her try it on and he's like he thinks that it's sexy and she also doesn't believe that the the one time I think in this entire book where I've applauded Edward I'm like thank you finally Thank you, Edward. Thank you for doing this. Because if he had just like given it to her and was like, I think that this is a good idea, maybe she would have gone along with it. But for him to add on top of it, I love this about you. This is making you look really sexy. This is the way we get Bella to do things safely. You need to compliment her, Edward. This is how we this is how we keep her safe. I agree. I'm annoyed that she doesn't buy it, but she even says, you're just saying that so that I'll wear it. <laughs> Whatever works, bitch. True. I'm kind of shook that she hasn't been wearing it the whole time. I never really thought about it until this. I, I feel like we mentioned it the very first time that her and Jacob went riding together because I was genuinely shocked that Jacob was letting her do it without a helmet. Yeah, I think that's kind of just like him being 16 or 15 or whatever at the time. Yeah, I I agree. But I'm like, do that for you, not your friend. True, true. Okay, so that's kind of the end of that scene. And then Edward drives Bella to, like, the treaty borderline so that she can go to this little bonfire party. And Bella says that this reminds her of when she would switch custody. I guess custody's not the right word. But basically when Renee would pass her off to Charlie, except that Renee and Charlie were on better terms, and I just want to say that's fucked. Oy vey. The remainder of this chapter is one giant pissing contest. I know Paige said it was over. 
it's not it's really not it's so like and this scene is in the movie too and it's so uncomfortable in the movie to the fact where I actually cannot watch it because it gives me too much secondhand embarrassment because Edward makes out with Bella like in a gross way right in front of Jacob don't do that in front of your friends like at Bella that's gross tell him like laugh and tell him to stop that's what I would do then Jacob like picks Bella up and spins her around in a fucking circle right in front of Edward I'm like this is so weird you're like treating her like I don't even know, like a negotiation piece. I can't think of a better word, but... A pawn, if you will. Yeah, exactly. It's so gross. Yeah, it's going to be a no from me, dog, to quote the effervescent Randy Jackson. <laughs> effervescent. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I mean, that's really it. That's the end of the chapter. Because as we said, these both end in extremely strange ways. Um, did you have anything we didn't cover? No, I we we hit it all. The few things that I did have. <laughs> yeah, we're doing um, one chapter next week because it's pretty long, and it's called Legends, Chapter Eleven. So I think that this is pretty obviously going to be kind of like a little more maybe Quillu backstory. I mean, she's in La Push. She's going out to a a uh, fun Quillu party bonfire thing. So I think that we're going to see some more, um, you know, we're going to find out more about maybe Quillu culture, about where their history comes from. And maybe, you know, maybe we'll find out a little more about vampires from their perspective or just more history, I guess, of like what maybe when the treaty came about or, I don't know. I think it's just gonna. I feel like it, we're just gonna learn more about the Quillutes and kind of the backstory of their powers. Okay. Yes. Perhaps the Quillutes' history from Stephanie Meyer's point of view. Yes. I. I. When I said Quillutes and all that, I meant it in quotation marks. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. From me and this llama, that boyfriend of the pod, Jacob got me. <laughs> Hit us up on socials. We want to hear from you. Um, Paige is about to say something. In the course of recording this podcast, we I did get a notification that Bailey messaged us on Instagram. So thank you, Bailey. Oh, hell yeah. I have my notifications turned off. Love that. Thanks, Bailey. Um, this could be you. Let us know what you're thinking, what you're into, what are the memes. Uh, if you have a Squishmallow, let Paige know. I want to know, too. Um, so you can reach us on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays Are for Twilight. You can reach us on Twitter at Taft Pod. You can email us if you'd like, Tuesdays Are for Twilight at gmail.com. Um, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Tuesdays Are for Twilight. And as always, we encourage you to check out and support, if you can, the Quilliot's efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground. All of that can be found at their website, which is mthg.org. All right, Paige, hit him. Everyone in this world deserves a hug. Everyone deserves to be squeezed. And when I say everyone, I mean you too. You deserve a hug. So give yourself a hug. Give your soul a hug. Give your heart a hug. Because love will abound when it's embraced in your arms. Number one is this a Squishmallow commercial. Number two, you've been so sentimental lately. 
It was Squishmallow inspired. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week for chapter 11. Bye, guys. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Bye.